I jump back on the phone, start making cold calls. I call every division that was within driving distance that I could go and try out for. And I found one school. And the coach says, actually, our center fielder just went down. Can you play outfield? And I was like, you bet I can. And this person is going to give me the chance. I'm not going to say no. I can't do it. So I went out there and I tried out for the position and I made the team and in a different position. And I ended up making all conference in that league, which is a more challenging league than what I got cut from. We went down to play that team and we beat that team. So it was uh, it was a big learning curve for me. It was an, an incredible experience. And that was maybe the first time that I realized that if I was willing to put in the time and effort to make this happen, other things in life can continue to happen for me. Yeah, and I think it just came from that, that belief in myself that I knew I could ha- I knew it could happen. I knew someone was going to give me that opportunity. Once I got on the field, I knew I could play. And it, it, it nothing mattered. Once you were on that field, if you could play, you could play. And I knew if I got that opportunity, and I believed I would, that I could stand out. So what I said when I made all conf- conferences that all the other coaches in the league voted me the best player in my position, which was center field, which I never played before. Ten years later... I stayed in center field until my last season, and uh, that's where I stood out. And that's where people recognize me from is what, what made my career being cut, of course. That's Drew Tadia, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the show, the Do A Day podcast, where I bring you really inspiring and amazing people who have just super interesting stories of how they persevered, how they've gotten through their lives to achieve something better. And today's guest is no different. This is Drew Tadia. Drew is a was a former professional baseball player, not major league baseball, but professional baseball in lots of different places at different levels. And he's today a successful entrepreneur. He's got a protein and um, and supplement company. He's got a couple of awesome podcasts. Highly recommend. He's just a cool guy all around. And what he's going to talk about today. I find so interesting this insight into the world of professional athletes and you know it's really easy as a spectator to look at these guys and these women and say hey you know they they just have this talent I I could never be that good I wasn't born with that talent and yeah they may have some you know uh, genetic uh, predisposition to being amazing but what Drew gets into is the hustle the consistent hard effort that it goes into creating a successful career. And yeah, it definitely helps to have that talent, but the talent alone will not get you there. And the hustle alone will not get you there. But when you find the combination of the two and you spot those stars who have both, that's the game changer. So we've got a bit of that. We've got a bit of this perseverance, this never give up kind of mentality that Drew instilled in him himself and his own career throughout his life, but then also recognizing where the shift came and why the shift came when he pulled back from sports. It's a really interesting conversation. You know, Drew is, is he's just a guy, right? He's just a, a normal everyday person. But in his story, I really pulled out some interesting things that just got me thinking about 
how much effort am I willing to put into what I really care about? How much effort are you willing to put in? Is effort the differentiator? Is it something else? What determines the level of effort? It's just, that's a lot. And hearing how he just wouldn't take no for an answer, hearing how he went out every day and just worked and worked and worked and worked to get better and better and outplay people, hearing how he sacrificed financially so that he could sustain his lifestyle doing what he loved, which didn't pay exceptionally well, or you know, he never knew where the next paycheck was coming from or when it was coming, um, all of that. I mean, this is a complete lifestyle dedicated to a goal. How much of us really do that? Super interesting. I think Drew's a great guy, and it was just really cool to hear this whole side of him that I'd never really heard before. I've been on his show a couple times now and just never really got the backstory to understand why he is the way he is, why he's got this sort of balance and flow to him. It's really interesting. And of course, it served him incredibly well as an entrepreneur. There's a lot of benefit from it. So let's jump in to the episode with Drew Tadia and think about, as you listen to it, what are your goals? What's your effort? What's your dedication in them? What are you willing to do? All right, here's Drew. Drew Tadia, thanks for joining me, man. It's great to have you on. My pleasure. Good to see you again. Always a pleasure having a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just going to say it, even though no one can see you, I'm bummed that you have a hat on because I live vicariously <laughs> through your mohawk and you're wrong. I can't grow my own anymore. There may be a couple of photos of me from years ago. Maybe it was a party. I don't know. You could have lied though, because no one knows unless they see you in person. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all professional. <laughs> right. I did, no. I did have one uh, for a charity event years and years ago and it was like a hundred degrees straight sun. And then I shaved it off for work because I was in like big corporate America kind of wear a suit to work job only had this like white stripe down the middle of my head where the sun wasn't <laughs> burning me. So it's like, <laughs> it was so a reverse I, yeah, I still had a Mohawk. It was like Bozo, you know, like right on the sides, Bozo the clown. Anyway, um, awesome. this podcast has taken a very different turn from the last two episodes <laughs> I recorded where people were like on death's door. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's bring this back and, do something much better with it than uh, leave the picture that I've now built in everybody's head. Okay. Um, hi, how's it going? I, I am excited to be here. Let's talk about do a day and, and making it happen. Yeah, let's talk about your day. So what? give me a little overview of, of your present day life. Unfortunately, we've been working years to run our own business. This is eight years in and working from home. Recently moved from the cold winters and colder summers of Canada to the beautiful beaches of Los Angeles. You know, it's there are struggles. I'm not going to say this was the the this is all peaches and cream. Like we've had struggles, daily struggles, but. I am so happy, like from day in and day out, like being able to do the things that I want to do. You know, you, you decide who you're working with, you book your own appointments. I mean, I'm living the life, man. And when I'm not here behind the computer grinding it out, I'm on the beach playing beach tennis or I'm surfing, which is something I've always wanted to do. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you um you your story is one of like pursuing what you want to do, your, your dreams and stuff. And not necessarily with everyone saying like, oh yeah, you're a shoe and go for it. It'll be easy for you. Like you've, um, 
yeah, it's it's really easy to look and be like, oh yeah, he's got it easy. He's got it made look like he does what he wants when he wants. And it's like, it, it is a grind. There's work to get there. And when we were emailing back and forth and he gave me a little of that backstory, I was like, that's, that's life. Like, that's really cool. And I think people need to hear stories like that because the grass is not green. I keep saying this unless we garden and you've <laughs> done quite a bit of gardening, my friend, like heavy landscape work. It's, 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 uh, heavy shoulders, sore backs. You got to make it happen. Yeah. And I think anyone that you talk, anyone that you talk to, anyone that's come across any type of success in their life, they've put in that work. I don't know. It goes back to my baseball career. Like there was few guys that were pretty talented. And then when you got higher up in the rankings or in the, in those different levels that I played at, it was the ones that were there that first showed up and that, that stayed late. Mm -hmm. And their work ethic was, next to i haven't seen anything that of that work ethic the higher i got up and it wasn't the people that were just raw talent that showed up like they, yeah. they didn't last they didn't have the work ethic to be there and it's the same in business and in life now that's really interesting i think i mean we're going to get into your story but i think with, especially with pro athletes yes we assume like they work really hard but the ones who make it to that elite level they just have that natural raw ability and it's like they could phone it in on occasion if they wanted to but that's not really the reality. I mean, maybe like once in a blue moon, there's some genetic freak who just has it, has it made in the shade, but there is real, real work 24 seven behind this. Yeah. I know for firsthand, it's just very few and far between you have people that have raw talent, but those are the guys that you put that raw talent along with hard work. And those mm. are the guys in most cases that are making the millions of dollars on TV every day. Yeah. It's very few. Like you see the guys that show up and you have stories like I'm sure any sports fan has heard the Iverson um, <laughs> practice video, but you f find very few people that I've encountered that didn't put in that work to be great, regardless of their skill. Yeah. So, all right. So let, let's take this back to you. So coming up, you like playing baseball. Walk me through it. How did you, cause you, you, uh, you enjoyed it, but it didn't necessarily enjoy you back. Is that one way to put it? <laughs> I was a I was a pretty good athlete growing up, so I was all I always had a ball or a bat or a stick in my hand. Didn't matter what it was or what I was doing before school, after school, recess. I was playing something. So I just I just loved sports. I loved to compete. So as I got a little bit older, I was watching college sports on TV. I saw the marching bands and I saw the excitement. So I wanted to play college sports. That was a dream of mine from a younger age. And, you know, unfortunately, at least at that time, I didn't have the big vision of playing professionally. We got a chance to see the Blue Jays. That was the only game that games we saw in Canada. So I was a Blue Jays fan. And I thought maybe it might be cool to go watch some games or play some professional games if that ever happened. But it was really that college dream. And that's kind of what I pursued. I played my three main sports were football, baseball, and basketball in high school. And I was just seemed to be better at baseball. And that was the, that was the avenue I decided to pursue. So I packed up my bags. I should mention, let me tell you, I don't know why, I, admit, I don't know why I skipped this, but it's like way in the back of my mind. I sent out hundreds of letters to division one baseball schools I sent them to California, Florida, and Texas, all warm places, some of the biggest uh, baseball, um, some of the biggest baseball states there yeah. there are yeah. at the time. And so I sent them, I, I sent them letters, hundreds of letters. 
And I, so I waited for the summer. The summer came and, and it was like time to get signed. It was time to be recruited and go to these schools. And every letter that came back in was rejection. Oh. <laughs> We're sorry to inform you. Rejection after rejection. I just remember being so excited that they responded. Yeah. If someone responded. They got my letter and I would open it up and it was another rejection letter. Oh. <laughs> so you, it wasn't uh, those three schools, hundreds of letters. It was hundreds of letters to different schools. Like you didn't send each one like... Oh, no. 200 letters. Yeah, all right. I sent hundreds of letters. Because I was going to say that place. might be why it was rejection. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> this guy again? Yeah. Yeah. No, there. Yeah. I just I sent them out all over the US and focused on those three different yeah. states. And so, anyways, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play. Someone's going to give me a chance. I don't know where that came from, where that determination, but it was just deep inside of me. I said, I can play this sport. Someone's going to let me play. So I packed up my bags. I found a school in uh, Northern California that allowed me to walk on, which I didn't really know. So walking on is if you don't get recruited, you have to walk on to an open type of tryout. So I found a school that lets you walk on and try out and I ended up making the team. (laughs) And that was my first step in the door to post high school athletics. Mm. What, what was your family's take on all this? My, my, my family knew I was very focused and I was willing to do what it took to get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And they, so they, they would have been able to see me shooting basketball, shooting the basketball when it was like freezing outside mm-hmm. and like frost was coming. They would see me going to knock on kids doors around their neighborhood to see who wants to come and play at the local park. Like, yeah. so they would see the behind the scenes and maybe not so much the superficial of, oh, he's a great athlete. Of course, he's going to get signed to go play college ball somewhere. Yeah. Were they supportive of all this? Like when you're writing all those letters, were they like, yeah, keep at it? Or were they like, you got to figure it out at some point? Like what, what was their take on all that? No, I, my, we were, I was raised by a single mother. So my, my father wasn't around so much. So I didn't have anyone saying, no, don't do it. I didn't have a whole lot of support, to be honest with you. Like, no, no, no one in my family even went to college or university. So it was pretty much my desire and dream to make it happen. Fortunately, no one shot my dream down. Yeah. My mother never said, don't go and do that. She just said, we're going to support you with whatever you do. So make it happen and we'll be there next year. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so you send all the letters. You find one. You walk on and you make it. Made the team. Yeah. So I actually made the team as a red shirt. What's a red <laughs> which shirt? I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know what a red shirt was. Red shirt means you're good enough to make the practice team. Mm-hmm. So I made the practice squad. I was going to school full-time, practicing with the team. The next year, I come back to that school. I just practiced the whole year. I didn't get a chance to play any games. So I came back the next year for that team, and I get cut. <laughs> you get so, cut from the practice team. I, yeah, I get cut from. I was expecting to be a starter this year, and I yeah. got better. I'm a year bigger and stronger, faster and better. And the, the the coach was so fed up with not doing well, he basically cut everyone and wanted oh, to bring wow. in every single new player and face. So there I am, back from Canada from a from another year, ready to go to school, pursue my dream, and it was crushed in a day. It was wow. like a week of tryouts. I look at the sheet. You go, you go to the dugout, and you look at the sheet to see whose names made it. Yeah. And I just remember a feeling that I'll never forget of like, 
I, I felt like the smallest thing you could like a piece of dust fluttering around of like everything was eliminated that I've been working for for my life and yeah. just trying to figure out what I was going to do next. You feel it in your stomach probably, right? Like that as you're getting further down the list and still not seeing your name, that nervousness. Such a lonely feeling too. Yeah. I, I, I went through that for 10 years after this, which we'll get into here, but it's such a lonely feeling being like, I've worked so hard to be here and your name's not on the list. It's just, it's like an ultimate rejection. If you go to the bar and try to get a date or try to get a phone number, that has that's not even close to what it's like to be like, is my dream over? Yeah. <laughs> Everything that I want in life, is it not going to happen because of this experience? Oh. Yeah, when you put it like that, <laughs> that's <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so you get cut from the team. Where do you go from here? I jump back on the phone, start making cold calls. I call every division that was within driving distance that I could go and try out for. Fortunately, in California, there's baseball schools everywhere. School. That's why I came here, because baseball is so apparent. You can play it at any age from mm -hmm. 5 to 70 if you want. So anyways, I started making calls to different colleges and asking if I can come and try out. Are you looking for a second baseman? Are you looking for a center fielder? Are you looking for a leadoff guy? Anything I could send them, just trying to get a response. And I found one school. Once again, one school popped up and said, actually, that's all, all you need. And I yeah. knew that someone was going to give me that opportunity. And I played second base at the time. And the coach says, actually, our center fielder just went down. Can you play outfield? And I was like, you bet I can. <laughs> <laughs> Just get me in the lineup. <laughs> now, see, I didn't, I, I'm I'm not baseball savvy. Like I played, but, you know, like as a kid, um, yeah. as I'm reading your, your run through of like, of the story and you're, I'm like, yeah, you played that. And, and you start to scrum like, oh, like I, I had no idea how different each of the positions is, I mean, I figured like basements, basements, right field, left field, center, like, oh, they're all about the same, just kind of where you stand and which way your arm's most likely to go. Maybe first base is a little bit different. Their mitt's a little different. Catcher, I get that pitcher, but it's, it's wildly different though, isn't it? Like years of training to be in a specific position. I didn't really think through that. Yeah. So for example, you, you have to be able to read the ball off the bat and the projection and where it's going to land and if is it going to be a line drive or is it going to, you know, have backspin and go over your head once it starts low? Everything comes into a play and every detail matters. And I would take ground balls for hours, endless hours. And I would take, I took zero fly balls. <laughs> so, was, Oh was, yeah. Totally different skill. Yeah. It's completely different. So yeah. that, that was for me. I, and this person is going to give me the chance. I'm not going to say no, I can't yeah, do yeah. it. So I went out there and I tried out for the position and I made the team. And that was actually made this lineup and in a different position. And I ended up making all conference in that league, which is a more challenging league than I, what I got cut from. We went down to play that team and we beat that team. Nice. <laughs> nice. So it was, uh, it was a big learning curve for me. It was an, an incredible experience. And that was maybe the first time that I realized that if I was willing to put in the time and effort to make this happen, other things in life can continue to happen for me. That's a, that's a really cool, it's a, it's a cool triumph just given who you happen to be, but then having that realization in it, that's really cool. It's like vindication for all that, like hustling, really. Like that's what you were doing to get what you really wanted to be doing. 
Yeah, and I think it just came from that that belief in myself that I knew I could ha- I knew it could happen. I knew someone was going to give me that opportunity. Once I got on the field, I knew I could play. It doesn't matter what country you're in or what language they speak. And I did play in other language countries, <laughs> and it, it, it nothing mattered. Once you were on that field, if you could play, you could play. And I knew if I got that opportunity, and I believed I would, that I could stand out. So what I said when I made all conf- conferences that all the other coaches in the league voted me the best player in my position, which was center field, which I never played before. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Maybe great. your calling. It well, I, that, I played 10 years, 10 years later, I stayed in center field until my last season. And, uh, that's where I stood out. And that's where people recognized me from is I was really fast. I always bad, bad lead off the first batter. I st- stole a lot of bases and I would known for catching balls in the gap, you know, making those highlight plays. So I was, was pretty good at that. So that's what what made my career being cut, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I I always uh, get into with people like whether their dark moment, like whether they would, you know, be thankful. Like, would they ever not do it? Would they ever turn around? And for you, it's it's pretty clear if you weren't cut. And I know that's not the only dark moment in life. But like, if you weren't cut, you would never have discovered. But actually, you're really good at center field, and that's a probably stronger position for you, and you thrived in it. Yeah, without question, that yeah. made my career. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, but in the moment, I'm sure it didn't feel that way. I can't even tell you. Yeah. I can't even describe. <laughs> I wonder how many people would have said yes when the offer was center field. Be like, oh, but I play second base. I'm out. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm sure many would. I mean, it's so, it was so different. Yeah. But I I had that determination. I knew that feeling of saying of someone that rejection, someone saying no, you're not good enough to be on this team. I was willing to do anything to to go and play for someone else. Yeah. So, you finished your college career there. No, I bounced around a bit. I I graduated there. That was junior college. I went to university, and then from university, I didn't get drafted. I didn't get signed. I was in actually in South Dakota, and I didn't get signed to do a professional contract, which most athlete college athletes hope for or hoping yeah. for. So I moved to to Los Angeles. I knew that was a huge hub for baseball, and I played in leagues. I played in I played in a Tuesday night league, Wednesday Thursday night league, Friday and a Saturday league. These are leagues that you can play in just about every day of the week, and that that's what I did. I, I if I wasn't playing baseball, I was watching baseball. I just believed that someone was going to give me a chance to sign a professional contract. And it was, you know, day in and day out of playing. I, when I wasn't playing a game, I was practicing three times a day. So mm-hmm. I grabbed a bucket of balls, like a huge bucket of balls, and I throw it against the fence. I throw five balls, take 10 steps back. Throw five balls, take 10 steps back, just to work on arm strength. Yeah. And then I'd hit in the cages for two hours every day with that bucket of balls on a stand. I would hit, I would hit buckets and I would do sprints on the track because I knew that my legs were going to get me to that next level. So I always tried to get better or increase my strength. And that's what I did every day, all day until someone said, okay, we'll take you. (laughs) What were you doing to survive in this time? Like, how were you making a living on top of all that training and baseball playing? I was able to, um, even now I live very simply, very minimally. Uh, I knew, especially now as an entrepreneur, it's kind of funny. Like, we never know when we're getting a paycheck. You yeah. don't know how much you're getting, when you're getting paid. So spending little small amounts of money, I was pretty, I was really good at saving and paying attention to where my money was going. And for 
a summer. I remember this one time, this summer I went back to Canada, I worked construction and I worked 12 hour days every day, saving every single penny I could. Yeah, I was fortunate to have some, two of my uncles actually owned construction businesses. And that was what my ch kind of childhood summertime jobs doing the worst construction ever. But I mean, in this situation, I was willing to do whatever it took. And yeah. I knew that it was going to be a short amount of time, not, not a short amount of time, or it'll be an extended part of time that I wouldn't be able to work. So I went back for a summer for about three months and I worked 12 hour days every single day of the week. And I saved every penny I could. Cause, of course, because they're always looking for labor, so I could do that, and then I had that desire to make it happen. So I put in that time to save money so I could be traveling and on the road and practicing to make another team. So you literally, you weren't like nine nine months of the year, you were just playing baseball, pretty much. Yeah, well, it actually extended as I, as I moved on and played in different countries and in different leagues. I played, I didn't take a break. There was a three, four year period where I played in a winter league in in the in California. Then we played in a summer league. I went to Australia and played in a summer league, which is a winter league here. Then I went to Germany and played in a in a uh, summer league. And then I came back here and played in a winter league. <laughs> so I didn't take a break. I, I just loved it. I had the opportunity and I didn't want to stop because I knew how long it took and how hard it, it took me to make my dream happen. So I didn't want to take a break. Mm. Were you paid in any of these? Like were any of these more than just? Yeah. Okay. So that, so that became part of your income. That gave me the opportunity, I suppose, later on. Once I, once I got through these tryouts and once I signed my professional contract, that opened up more doors, I suppose you could say. But I mean, everyone, everyone says, oh, you must make a lot of money. I always tell people that at that level, they pay you enough to keep you hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how's the rest of the career go then? So you're playing in all these leagues, traveling all over the world, which that, that in and of itself is pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people don't get that kind of opportunity. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, it was a great experience. One that how we say now, I say one that I wouldn't go back to, but one I wouldn't that I would never not do again. Um, Why wouldn't you I go would, back to it? Yeah, I mean, it's just the constant struggle. Like people don't understand the, the behind the scenes. Like I literally lived out of a suitcase for mm. ten years of my life. I was in California, and I got a job. I had a job opportunity in Texas. So they say. You have two days to be here. I jump in my car and drive straight without sleeping. Wow. And then you, sh you show up and you're in intense competition. So at any point, if you go down with an injury, you get in a fight with a coach, you, you get into a bar fight because, you know, partying is a real thing of that lifestyle. 
and whatever it is, anything in an instant could make your dream and life alter in a in a big in a significant manner mm. and and, that, and and that that's how we live that's how it was any anything could change you could bring someone could come down for that's an affiliated like so the Dodgers for example one of their guys goes down with an injury he comes down to one of our leagues to rehab and you lost your position oh, that's wow. that's just how it worked because he was affiliated because he's a big name guy you don't have the opportunity to compete yeah and that's how it was i traveled around i traveled for 10 years and it was like a constant pressure and struggle and grind and i took a break for just a moment i had a contract fall through one summer i was supposed to go back to europe to play and i was like i i woke up in a bed and i had my clothes in a drawer <laughs> as simple as that sound and sounds and i was like oh my gosh this is kind of nice like wow. those things that we regret every day it, it just felt comforting and i felt secure and i felt safe and I, I kind of enjoyed it. So I got a job. I started working as a personal trainer for that summer. And I was running fitness classes. Then I went back to another contract. But we can get into that here, Brian, if you like. But yeah, that that's what I suppose that's what happened. It was me bouncing around. I took a small break and I was like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad. So small break, does that entice you to take a, a more permanent break or you get back into it and keep pushing what happens i did take a small break and i worked and then i got i worked at a gym and then from there which was almost uh how can you say like a foreshadow of what was going to be my future i went back and played for another season and then i came back and i continued to work so i needed to like i said they didn't pay us a bunch of money so i needed to pay my bills i need to feed myself so i started to work as a personal trainer, I started to run fitness classes. And from there, I'll give you the flyby and you can let me know if, how much detail you'd like yeah. me to go into. But we, I started working and running fitness classes. I was supposed to go back to Australia at that time. And I signed a contract with the local radio station because I've been bugging them for three months over the summer to let me go on their show, uh, to let me get on the air and, and start talking and telling people who I am and what I do. Finally, they agreed to it when I was supposed to go back. And I thought, you know, like, this is a good opportunity. Maybe I'll take this season off of Australia and I'll run this radio show and see what see see what happens. From there, I designed or sorry, from there, I wrote a book over the winter and I was supposed to go back in January, February to another team. And I launched my book, Detoxify Yourself, and I started doing book signings. So then I said, well, maybe I'll go back and in the summertime, you know, after the winter is over to another team, another contract. And then I released a protein supplement. So, you know, divine intervention, however you want to look at it, it just seemed like my path was being opened in different areas. That's such an interesting, like, domino of, or chain, I guess is a better way to say it, of things going on that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like every time there's another progression on the this alternate path that you started on. And that was funny. And none of it was planned. And it happened like specifically January, February. That's when you go to spring training. Yeah. And then it, and it was like, oh, actually, we have I have a whole lineup of um, bookstores that I have to do book signings at. So you decide what you want to do. Like I've been working all winter for to be able to launch this book. Do I give that up and then go sign another contract? It was it was difficult. It was challenging. It wasn't a cut and dry. It wasn't like 
I'm not good enough to play. I'm too old. I'm injured. It was, I was in my prime. I was doing fantastic. It was just the, how long am I going to be able to do that? Do I want to continue to live this life or do I want to open new doors for the future? Yeah. And having your stuff in drawers sounds really simple, but it's actually like, I, I used to, I used to be a management consultant and it's, it's basically a traveling job. Like you're on the road four or five days a week and when they would recruit people from undergrad, like from university, you know, it's like the idea of traveling, the only traveling they know is probably vacation. And so like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, you know, then you get doing it. And, you know, I always tell people there's this little Sheridan hotel outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, that I was at for like five months. And I come in Mondays and they just like, I didn't even have to stop at the front desk. They just like <laughs> wave at me as I walked by. Like I hadn't been there all weekend. But it's like they just kept my room active because it wasn't worth changing it over to someone else. So I just had the same key. And I could like leave some stuff. And I go, hey, Brian. Like I worked there. That's not like, I mean, they were nice enough. But, you know, that's not like I, I was a newlywed. Like that's, that's not life, you know. Um, no disrespect to the Cincinnati area or Sheridan hotels. They're, they're both wonderful. <laughs> uh, they were really, really good to me. But like, you know, it's it's not a way to create the long term and it really does wear on you. Absolutely. I fully get that. Yeah, without question. And I think when you look at it from the X from the outside in, I suppose, and I appreciate the opportunity to sit here with you, Brian, and tell my story from the inside out, mm. but it seems like, you know, peaches and cream, sunshines and palm trees and wow, you get to travel and do something you love. But you know, like we, they tell you what time to go to sleep. They tell you what time to be at the field. You have, we slept on when we, we would drive eight hours, four hours, you slept on the floor of a bus. That <laughs> sounds awesome. That, <laughs> that's the reality of it. We yeah. ate, we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch for years yeah. <laughs> because they didn't have money to, to feed us at, at, at high end restaurants. So yeah. it was a grind. That's what we did. That was our life. Chunky or smooth. Um, we're, we're not, yeah, we don't need to go into that, but I am slightly curious cause I like peanut butter. Um, yeah, but so like, this is, this is a little bit before we were recording and talking about like, uh, you know, people from the outside watching and thinking like, oh, you know, you, this is your dream. Like you said, I want to play, I want to play baseball as my career and here you are doing it and you're doing it in all these interesting places and, um, so yeah, it's all good. And it's like, you must just be happy all the time, but it is a grind. You, I mean, clearly I think people get it. Like you put in a ton of work, but it's uh it's not as simple as just like, Oh, I made it. I'm done. And it's all good. Like it's a daily thing. Well, yeah, you know what? I think that as athletes, we're like, Oh, once I get in the foot, my foot in the door, like everything's going to change for me. But that's not how it works. Like people mm. are always after your job. And you know, what's what's really challenging is when people are on your team and we have three people, or let's say there's three outfielders. So there's they carry four outfielders, and that fourth guy's waiting for you to go down so he can get his shot. Oh wow! I mean, and that, that's the reality of it. That, that never we thought of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, I mean, you have everyone kind of working towards one goal. We're trying to win the game, but you know, there's people in the back of your mind that are hoping that you make a mistake big enough that they get their shot. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really funny. We were at a, a Red Sox game where they were losing, which doesn't narrow it down. Um, it's a, it was a tough season for us, but, uh, <laughs> looking out in the bullpen and it's like, it's a gang of guys in there 
there's a ton of pitchers sitting there and it's like now socks were changing over pitchers like every three or four batters i mean so a lot of them did get to play unfortunately but uh it's just looking like where are you in that row and how many people are you eyeing to think like you know who's going to go down so i get my shot and at the same time like how many are you are like yeah i'm sitting here but i'm not actually this isn't my dream you know like when you're on the practice team like that's not actually what you were hoping to achieve like it was a start but it's not where you wanted to go yeah you know what's interesting i had this conversation with a, a guy i played with we we actually we talk just about every day he's and runs his own business now and we talk about our own struggles and we help each other out we played professional ball together and i told him i said sometimes i feel like a fraud like when i say i played professional baseball and, and, you know, we, we had the conversation. He said, what do you mean? And I said, well, for me to play professional, you're on TV, you're getting paid millions, and you're li living a lavish lifestyle. And he said, Drew, he said, give your head a shake. He said, we were both there. That's not reality. Mm -hmm. That's a small percentage of people that get a chance to play on TV and make millions. But the large majority of professional athletes are struggling and grinding and trying to make it work every single day. And just because you don't have that lavish life doesn't take that away. And it doesn't take all your experiences away either, which means, of course, it happened. That's what you did. That's the life you live. It just wasn't what you expected it to be. Yeah. Well, it's professional baseball isn't just major league baseball. Right. There's, I mean, you know, it's like I had a friend who played basketball in Europe and like, you know, he's a pro basketball player. He was that people are like, oh, what team, you know, and, and he tells them like, oh. Because they're waiting for like one of the the NBA teams that they like, right. oh, the Bulls or the Pistons, or you know, it's like, no, I played in Croatia or whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean he wasn't a professional basketball player, but it's not quite the same as the you know people are immediately thinking like, how many Ferraris do you have? <laughs> doesn't right. mean he's not a pro basketball player. It could you know take you to town any day. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same in the NBA. Like, there's guys that are only on the practice squad or, you know, you see that with football teams, like they'll yeah. never get a chance to be on the field in a position, but they're there every day practicing, working hard. They're getting paid a little bit as a professional athlete, but you just don't see them every day on TV or on commercials. Yeah. So you kind of, I mean, I don't know if, if there was like a, a second coming where you got back into it, but it, it just kind of ended this way. Right. Or did you That's come it. back around? Yes. Yeah, so you never really had a, I don't know, like, do you feel any need for closure or anything? Because it just sort of like changed, but it's not like you're like, okay, I'm retiring from baseball. You just had these <laughs> other things happening. Have you ever looked back and been like, what if? No, you know, I feel like I had the opportunity and I took every, like I squeezed every ounce that, that was given to me, you know, maybe not given to me every ounce that I took. You worked for that. And yeah, and I worked for that. And you know, what's funny when I was in Australia, I dove, we were in the playoffs in practice. I dove for a ball. My, it was a wet and it was raining, which rarely happened in Australia, but the field is wet. I dove for a ball. My glove sticks in the mud and my whole body lands on my hand. My hand uh. bends back. I break my finger and my fractured my hand. And the I was there's another also another guy that was playing at a high caliber. He played some professional as well, and he says, "What were you doing diving for a ball in the playoffs?" And I I looked over him. I said, "That's how I play. 
That's who I am. And for me, like that resonates with me deep because I never took it for granted. I never took a practice for granted. I never took a game. I was always there for, for the first for the first um, practice. I was always there for the one of the first people there. I was always one of the last people to leave. And no one can ever take that from me. So I never think back with regret being like, what if I tried a little bit harder? Mm. Or what if I worked a little bit harder? Oh, that's really cool. I yeah. I mean, I, I um, I think the way that you played through your career is, uh, it seems really complete. Like it seems really full. I'm just curious if the way that it ended left you ever feeling like, wait, I never really said goodbye to this. Like I just kind of looked over here. Yeah, I know. To me, like easy answer is no. Like I yeah. never felt cheated or, or robbed of an ending or a closure. Yeah. I feel like I've because of those experiences, I've been able to take everything I've learned as an athlete to being an entrepreneur and running a business and living a successful life as opposed to living a successful athletic career. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. What, you know, you, you talk about being an entrepreneur. What is your focus today? Like other than that, we, we got the back and forth and the moving to California, but what's the, what's your work around? So we run a holistic wealth and health, excuse me, <laughs> health and wellness business. We specialize in digestion and energy, and we work with people through some of the products that we developed and okay. through some services that we put together to help people live a healthy lifestyle, which is more directed towards improving digestion and natural boost of energy. Oh, cool. So it, the things that you left baseball for have continued on in that respect then? Yeah, I suppose I might have had regrets if I left for a job and I really disliked the job or, yeah. or I hated the job. But this is what I'm this is what I'm doing now. I'm as passionate, if not more, to be successful and to run this business and to help people live a healthy lifestyle in different ways. So I've been able to create this life of our dreams. You know, I can see the ocean from here, which is something that I've always worked towards, whether I was on the field or whether I was whether I was running a business and it, you know, it, it's amazing when you've put in that time and effort to make your dreams come true. And then you get to a point where you live your dreams. You're not working towards your dreams, which mm. is entirely different. That's really cool. That's uh, that's the hard work that all of us should be putting in to aspire to. That's awesome. Um, I like to me, that's a really beautiful note to end things on, but I don't want to cut you if there's, if there's more to it that we're not touching on. No, I, I think that was a great conversation. I, I think that for us to be able to, whether your audience is entrepreneurs or, or whatever they're working towards in life, if you're willing to put in that time, that sacrifice and that dedication, your dreams will come true. In most cases, they won't come as fast as we hope. <laughs> in some cases, mm -hmm. we'll have to put in a little bit more work than we initially expected. But these things happen. There's success stories at the end of, every rainbow <laughs> yeah um, you know i th there's also like there's something in in the second base versus center field piece of it that um i really don't want to go into statistics right now but um in in uh or like uh business case modeling but 
you can find a, <laughs> this is going to be really bad. I'm probably going to have to edit this whole thing out because it's so boring. Um, you can have a local maxima or a global maxima, which means like, you know, if you're sitting in the trough of your business and you look up, you might see a point of improvement where it's like, oh, if we do these things, we'll get to that. And that's the highest point. But it's like, if you're in a valley, you're only seeing the mountains right around you. You can't see past that where there might be a bigger one. And it's like, you were looking from that valley. That's a better way of saying it than like building a business model in Excel, um, which is where I was unfortunately going because that's how cool I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's like you're 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 in the valley. You're looking at playing center base, se center base, second base. And that's, <laughs> you are just, rocking it. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever, uh, Mister uh, Holistic Wealth or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you know, se se second base, it's called. Um, playing second base in college, like that was your local maxima. That was the, the hill you could see from the valley you were in. But it wasn't until you failed to reach that that you realized there was a bigger one with center field. You know, there's another maxima beyond that that you just couldn't see. And so sometimes like we think that first hill is our dream, but actually we have to, you know, maybe in our quest to get there, we realize we're not going to get there and there's something much better that we understand more clearly now but we needed to not make it to the first hill to be able to see the second one or something uh, like that. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's awesome. That that's amazing. Like it's pretty cool to be able to sit here and look back at my story and have someone like you shine a different light on it because you know, you don't think about it. You're in the trenches, you're in the grind yeah. and you're, you don't pay attention to what's happening. You're just trying to make it all work. And even now I think that I'm in a transition place in my business right now and i think that looking back on how i was able to maximize my efforts and skills and as an athlete i can do the same thing now with you pointing out maybe you you maybe you've i've reached where i need to be right now i just need to take a small turn and that's gonna excel and take me to center field and into and into the professional levels yeah or center base or second field <laughs> you have so many options if you just call them the wrong thing I'm um, never going to forget that. <laughs> Good. Well, look, when you need a little smile, you could just think back on this uh, this call between the the Excel business models and second field base fielder. Um, Drew, you're 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 a lot of fun, um, even without the mohawk being visible. Thank you for all the time. Uh, are you? Oh, where I, sh I should say, where can people find out more about you and uh, and the work that you do, the non baseball work? Yeah, thanks, Brian. I'll definitely bring the Mohawk back for you next time we get a chance. Appreciate it. For face-to-face. Um, trueformlife.com. That's where they can find my main website. That's where we have our products. That's where we have our services. My other website, exploringmindandbody.com, is our main podcast radio show. But uh, yeah, trueformlife.com, if anyone needs some direction or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm super personal. And if you send me a message, you're going to get me on the other end, not an assistant that could care less. <laughs> cool. Um, awesome. You ready to help me close it out? Let's do it. Today's a new day. Go out and do it. Ooh, I like the energy. Thanks, man. Really appreciate having you on. My pleasure. Super cool guy, right? I told you going in. And hearing his backstory, you kind of understand it even better. Like you can understand why he's balanced why he maybe takes things in stride. It's interesting because I guess he could be like hyper-driven and type A, 
but oh, maybe it's it's that you know he really was going after his dreams and that that's where the balance came from i don't know it does tell me that these are all choices how we behave in this how we carry ourselves the tone we go into it with whether we're dedicated or not we can still be balanced you know whether we're like super driven and hard working you can still be calm and balanced and enjoy what you have um, that's really valuable to me and i think you know we didn't necessarily talk about that explicitly but that's kind of what i'm left with taking that as as the the key thing in this this whole episode and of course i see how it all fits together with entrepreneurialism entrepreneurialism and the pronunciation of it <laughs> um drew's a cool guy i'm really thankful to have had him on the show um, do check him out true form life uh, exploring mind body uh, his books everything and, and of course i will link to all that and if you follow him on instagram maybe you will also get to see the mohawk that he rocks it's pretty cool uh, it's not like over the top it's subtle it's good looking stuff it's pretty cool um, i'm living vicariously through the top of his head uh, so on that fun note, you can, of course, uh, check out Drew and subscribe to his shows. If you've come to this show through Drew, great time to subscribe to the Do A Day podcast. If this has resonated with you. Um, I've got people like Drew and lots of other amazing, cool people on here every single week to give you a bit of inspiration, a bit of guidance, a bit of clarity on how you might also overcome what you face by going out there and doing it every single day really thankful for drew for coming on the show and supporting me through his career and you know it's great to be surrounded by people who care about each other and, and have that mutual respect and mutual uh, mutual support so think about that you know who is in your life supporting you who can you turn to who would you think would turn to you and that's a great place to be when you've got folks like that all around you so check out Drew's shows, subscribe to this one, rate and review the shows. You can pick up Drew's books. You can pick up my books, Do a Day, The 50-75-100 Solution. Easiest place to get to those is brianfalchuk.com. I would love to hear from all of you. And most importantly, I hope that you hear from me and next week's guest when we come back with another episode. Thanks, everyone. Go out there and do it.